0: It's so marvelous to rise up in the morning and call God blessed. It's so marvelous to rise up with sure and eternal purpose, especially when all physical indicators say hell and high water. In the midst of all the dark contradictions, the glorious sons and daughters of God are more than conquerors. Romans eight thirty-five through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we walk in the beautiful Christ, our day will shine from on high, regardless of the ominous threatening clouds that often dominate the sky. The redeemed sit in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, yet the physical man walks down here on earth, When walking in the Spirit of God, it's almost like functioning by remote control. Ephesians 2, uh, verses 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. If you take off from the airport and the clouds are dark and threatening, when you get above the clouds where the sun shines in its power, you'll see those same dark and threatening clouds become harmless white cotton balls. The darker the cloud from beneath, the brighter they become when viewed from above. All the intimidation is annulled. When the born-again is looking down from his heavenly seat, all his problems begin to serve him. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It's so marvelous to rise up with sure and eternal purpose when all physical indicators say, Hell and high water. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God, as Jesus declares in John 3 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you do, all the dark and ominous clouds in your life will shine as lovely white cotton balls. Today, all of your dark and ugly sins and their shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken, and the word is all. Today, it's clear skies. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the bright and shining kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis six eleven through 17, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, 1 Corinthians 15, 54-57, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God said, Hebrews 11, verses 13 and 14, These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Man said, God, foolishness, there is no God. Now the record, welcome to God said, man said, feature 1165, that will once again contend for the faith in Christ Jesus. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the faithful and as a platform from which to fish for the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday, Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting while it is still called today. Today is the day of salvation. Hebrews 3 7 through 13. The world is full of academic foolishness and baseless claims. Their leaders seek relevance by saying something new and shocking. The bloodbot, on the other hand, seeks something old and tried and true. You have arrived at God said, man said, where God's word is true and righteous altogether. This series, titled Undeniable Proofs, Every Jot and Tittle, presently catalogs 385 gospel proofs that declare that God is and that He is the author of the inerrant majority text Holy Bible. Prepare for Undeniable Proofs 386 to 390. Undeniable Proof number 386. Note, as you read the following information, keep in mind that the global flood, which took place in the days of Noah, occurred just over 4,370 years ago. In his highly acclaimed book published uh, in, in 1658 titled The Annals of the World, Bishop Usher wrote that all occupants were aboard the ark on Sunday, December 7, 2349 B.C., Thousands of commercial boreholes, data from oil industry wells, rock outcrops, and geological evidence across five continents has found the Bible's record of an earth-ending global flood fully certifiable. The following excerpts are from ICR's publication Action Facts, the May-June 2022 issue. The ICR Column Project Team, led by geologist Dr. Tim Clary, has mapped out the rock record of the global flood across the world's continents using extensive data from petroleum industry wells, rock outcrops, seismic data, and published cross-sections. ICR scientists have input detailed sedimentary rock data along with mega sequence boundaries across every region, including the continental shelf. These data confirm the reality of a global geologic column created by the action of the global flood. This monumental and unprecedented project has shown that the global flood is represented by the same sedimentary rocks record trends on every continent that's been evaluated. End quote. The headline in the July-August 2022 issue of Acts and Facts reads: Asia data confirms progressive global flood. Excerpts follow. The Institute for Creation Research Column Project team recently finished a two-year study of Asia. We have now accumulated column data across five of the world's seven continents, with Australia in progress and Antarctica in the future. Our results reinforce earlier findings of a progressive global flood. After examining the rock record across five continents, we can now be more assured than ever that there was a global flood, as described in Genesis, the rocks don't lie, end of quote. Undeniable proof 387. Note, Noah is the 10th from Adam, and the Chinese Noah is the 10th from the world's first man. Keep in mind that these accounts are not from a Bible-based people. Headline, New York Times, August 4, 2016, under the heading Scientific Evidence of Flood, may give credence to legend of China's first dynasty. Scientists have found evidence of a catastrophic flood that overwhelmed the Upper Yellow River Valley in China some 4,000 years ago, an event that they say may confirm the historical basis of China's semi-legendary first dynasty. Ancient Chinese texts record a mix of historical events and legends, Some records, such as those relating to China's second and third dynasties, were confirmed in surprising detail when archaeologists turned up inscriptions on oracle bones and ancient bronzes. The leader of the team of researchers at Peking University in Beijing said, its reconstruction of the outburst flood showed that ancient accounts of the global flood may well be rooted in a historic natural event. But records of the first dynasty that of the Qi, contains stories of a great flood with a Noah-like savior, the Emperor Yu, who gained the mandate of heaven after dredging canals to dispel the floodwaters and make the land safe. Historians have long wondered whether this flood account was a creation-style myth, the folk memory of a real event, or some mixture of the two. A team of archaeologists and geologists, led by Long Wu of Peking University in Beijing, has now discovered evidence of a massive flood that they say could be the great flood mentioned in the Chinese annals, end of quote. NewScientist.com, under the title, First Evidence of Legendary Flood Reveals China's Origin Story. Keep in mind, the Bible's flood is dated to have occurred just over 4,370 years ago. The article writes, Legend has it that a great flood flood engulfed China 4,000 years ago. Lasting for more than 20 years, it was finally tamed by the heroic efforts of Emperor Yu, uh, whose uh, Chai dynasty marked the birth of Chinese civilization and its transition into the Bronze Age. This was the first stage in the founding of Chinese civilization, says Wu Qinglong of Nanjing Normal University. But no scientific evidence has been discovered until now but we now have the first compelling evidence that the flood did actually happen at the time and place chronicled in the legend. In the Gishy Gorge, along the Yellow River, his team discovered rocks and sediment formations that could only have existed as a result of a cataclysmic flood. According to Daniel Montgomery of the University of Washington in Seattle, It's probably beyond the reach of science to prove the origin of an oral tradition handed down generation to generation for a thousand years before the first written records, he says. But it supports the historicity of events central to the early history of Chinese civilization and provides another example of how some of humanity's oldest stories, tales often taken as mythology or folklore, may be rooted in natural disasters that really happened, end of quote. Headline, UK Telegraph, August 5, 2016. First evidence of legendary Chinese flood may rewrite history. Headline, August 4, 2016, Washington Post. Legends say China began in a great flood. Scientists just found evidence that the flood was real. Undeniable proof number 388. The evidence for Noah's flood, and a worldwide flood, is so ridiculously ubiquitous, yet the uniformitarians refuse to see it. The obvious reason for their refusal is simple. They are blind, yet have convinced themselves and their equally blind followers that they can, in fact, see. The following excerpt is from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Six Thousands, Part Eight, The Record Is Inescapable. The Earth's population also testifies of the Earth's age. By taking the Earth's present percent of population growth and taking into account the history of Earth's abnormalities, then by simply calculating backwards, we should be able to get a bead on the age of our Earth. In an article titled Creation versus Evolution, I found this following interesting calculation. Today, the population grows at 2% per year. If we set the population growth rate at just a half a percent per year, then total population reduces to zero at about 4,500 years ago. If the first humans lived one million years ago, then at this half a percent growth rate, we would have had 10 to the uh, 2,100th power, that's 10 with 21 zeros following it, people right now. If the present population was the result of one million years of human history, then several trillion people must have lived and died since the emergence of our species. Where are all the bones? And finally, if the population was sufficiently small until only recently, then how could a correspondingly infinitesimally small number of mutations have evolved the human race? Undeniable proof number 389. The following paragraphs were written by geologist Dr. Timothy Clary, titled Four Geological Evidence for a Young Earth, which was published June 2019 in the ICR publication Acts and Facts. Most people believe layer, rock layers require millions of years to form. This assumption has been taught as fact to geology students and the public for generations. In reality, rocks of any type can and do form quickly under the right conditions. This article reviews four geological evidences that point to a young earth. Collectively, this strong evidence also tips the scale in favor of a 6,000-year-old earth. The scientific data demonstrate that our world's sedimentary rocks cannot be millions of years old. The headline in this feature, erosion is too rapid for an ancient earth. What would rocks that are millions of years old look like? According to the empirical measurements of today's erosion rates, rocks that are that old shouldn't even exist if they are exposed at the Earth's surface. Modern erosion rates are so fast that, according to secular geologists, the continents themselves should have been reduced to sea level long ago. A recent study confirmed that outcrops, rocks visible above ground, erode at an average rate of about 40 feet every 1 million years. This means the time needed to completely erode most continents would be less than 50 million years. Secular geologists have had to resort to imagine rescuing devices like episodic uplift due to tectonic forces in order to explain the existence of today's continents. However, much of Canada... And the eastern United States have not experienced any significant geologic uplift since the creation of the Appalachian Mountains over 250 million years ago, according to the secular time scale. Considering that much of these areas are less than 1,000 feet above sea level, it's a wonder there's any dry land at all in these regions. As secular scientists clearly demonstrated, 1,000 feet of evolution, excuse me, of elevation, would erode away in just 25 million years. So if the continents are extremely old, why are they still above sea level? The very existence of Earth's continents, coupled with erosion rates, testifies to the youth of our planet and the truth of God's Word. End of quote. Undeniable proof 390. All the hard speeches and bold talk against the God of the Bible ends here. When the doctor says you have two weeks to live, the bravado ends. There certainly are few proofs greater than the deathbed. Excerpts follow from the God said, man said feature, the deathbed, the great equalizer, last words tell all. The last words of the famous individuals who follow were found on five different sources, which will be listed at the end of this feature. The difference between the ungodly and the redeemed will be 180 degrees obvious. Aristotle, a great philosopher, in the face of death he proclaimed, I was born in sin. I have lived unhappily. I die in doubt. Cause of causes pity me. Beaconsfield, a politician. Youth is a mistake. Manhood is a struggle, old age a regret. Sigmund Freud, famous psychiatrist. Now it's nothing but torture and makes no sense anymore. Karl Marx, social philosopher, revolutionary. Go on, get out. Last words are for fools who have not said enough. Gandhi, Indian lawyer, ethicist. At his death, he said, for the first time in 50 years, I find myself in the slough of despond. All about me is darkness. I am praying for light. Thomas Hobbes, political philosopher. I say again, if I had the whole world at my disposal, I would give it to live one day. I am about to take a leap into the dark. Thomas Paine, leading atheist, writer in the American colonies. Stay with me for God's sake. I cannot bear to be left alone. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, God, what have I done to suffer so much? What will become of me hereafter? I would give worlds if I had them that the age of reason had never been published. Oh, Lord, help me. Christ, help me. No, don't leave. Stay with me. Send even a child to stay with me. For I am on the edge of hell here alone. If ever the devil had an agent, I have been that one. Sir Thomas Scott, Chancellor of England. Until this moment, I thought there was neither a God nor a hell. Now I know and feel that there are both, and I am doomed to to perdition by the last judgment of the Almighty. Voltaire, famous anti-Christian atheist. I am abandoned by God and man, he said to his physician, Dr. Folkson. I will give you half of what I am worth if you will give me six months of life. When he was told this was impossible, he said, Then I shall die and go to hell. His nurse said, For all the money in Europe, I wouldn't want to see another unbeliever die. All night long he cried for forgiveness. Robert Ingersoll, American writer and orator of the golden age of free thought. Oh God, if there be a God, save my soul if I have a soul. Or some say, oh, God, if there be a God, save my soul if I have a soul from hell, if there be a hell. David Hume, atheist philosopher, famous for his religious skepticism. He cried loud on his deathbed, I am in flames. It is said his desperation was a horrible scene. Sir Francis Newport, head of an English atheist club. To those gathered around his deathbed, he says this. You need not tell me there is no God, for I know there is one, and that I am in his presence. You need not tell me there is no hell. I feel myself already slipping. Wretches, cease your idle talk about there being hope for me. I know I am lost forever. Oh, the fire! Oh, the insufferable pangs of hell! Oh, that I could lie for a thousand years upon the fire that is never quenched, to purchase the favor of God and be united to him again! but it is a fruitless wish. Millions and millions of years will bring me no nearer to the end of my torments than one poor hour. Oh, eternity, eternity forever and forever. all oh, the insufferable pangs of hell. David Strauss, leading representative of German rationalism, who spent a lifetime erasing belief in God. My philosophy leaves me utterly forlorn. I feel like one caught in the merciless jaws of an automatic machine, not knowing at what time one of its great hammers may crush me. Joseph Stalin, Soviet revolutionary and politician. In a Newsweek interview with Svetlana, Svetlana, his daughter, she told of his death. My father died a difficult and terrible, terrible death. God grants an easy death only to the just. At what seemed the very last moment, he suddenly opened his eyes and cast a glance over everyone in the room. It was a terrible glance, insane or perhaps angry. His left hand was raised as though he were pointing to something above and bringing down a curse on us all. The gesture was full of menace. The next morning, he was dead. Anton LaVey, satanic Bible author and high priest of the satanic worship religion. His dying words were, Oh, my, oh, my, what have I done? There is something very wrong. Now, consider the dazzling contrast between the loss, which I just read to you, and the found. Harriet Tubman, African-American Emancipator. The great African-American Emancipator, Harriet Tubman, died singing. Her last words were, Swing low, sweet chariot. Bessie Smith, blues musician. I'm going, but I'm going in the name of the Lord. Thomas Beckett, Archbishop. Archbishop Thomas Beckett was murdered in his cathedral in 1170 after he had offended King Henry II, he told his killers. If all the swords in England were pointed at my head, your threats would not move me. I am ready to die for my Lord, that in my blood the church may attain liberty and peace. George Washington first president of the United States. He composed his limbs, closed his eyes, and folding his arms upon his chest, expired, saying, Father of mercies, take me to thyself. C.H. Spurgeon, preacher. Nearing the end of his life, he said, Tranquil and happy, though very weak, my theology is very simple. I can express it in a few words, and they are enough to die by. After a pause, he slowly said, Jesus died for me. Michael Faraday, famous chemical scientist, when on his deathbed. He was asked, what are your speculations now? Speculations, exclaimed Faraday. I have none, no speculations now. I know whom I have believed. My soul rests on certainties. Charles Dickens, author. I commit my soul to the mercy of God through our Lord Jesus Christ and I exhort my dear children to humbly try to guide themselves by the teaching of the New Testament. Albert the Good, Prince Consort of Queen Victoria. He constantly repeated, Rock of Ages on his deathbed, for, said he, if this hour I had only my worldly honors and dignities to depend on, I should be poor indeed. Augustus Montagu Topliti, author of one of the most evangelical hymns of the 8th century, Rock of Ages. During the final illness, Toplady was greatly supported by the consolations of the gospel. He says, The consolations of God to so unworthy a wretch are so abundant that he leaves me nothing to pray for but their continuance. Near his last, awaking from a sleep, he said, Oh, what delights! Who can fathom the joy of the third heaven? The sky is clear. There is no cloud. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, he died, saying, no mortal man can live after the glories which God has manifested to my soul. End of quote. As a minister of the gospel in a small country church, it has been my privilege to bury the dead and to often be in their presence when death was imminent. We all have an appointment with death, Hebrews 9, 27, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There is a sickness or situation unto death. On December 18, 2015, my 29-year-old son Asa, a mighty man of God, died without last words of the kind mentioned above, for he died in faith, believing that he would arise from the cancer that was ravaging his body in mere moments. The day before he passed, my son Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah and I sat with him and read the word and spoke of the glories of the faith. Asa told his brother, I'm going to buy you a boat. And to me, Dad, you'll never have to work again. Though what I wanted was to work with him in our marketing agency. When this mighty man of faith passed, he died in holy peace and expectation. What wasn't said in words was written on his face and captured by his open eyes, even a sense of wonder and great glory, as though he saw what our natural eyes cannot. There was awe, a wonder, and a peace that passes all Natural Understanding. A year or so later, I received a call informing me that a great servant of the Lord who had battled multiple afflictions for many years was in a Pittsburgh hospital on her deathbed. I immediately drove there. When I entered the room, I was taken aback by what I saw. Sister Nell was sitting up cross-legged in her hospital bed without any back support, and she was writing notes. I knew Sister Nell for over forty years— and saw her two or three times each week, or at least 4,160 times, and never before had she looked so young, joyful, and vibrant. I said, Sister Nell, I was told you were on your deathbed, but you have never looked so energized and full of life. This is what she said and how she said it. I'm going home, Brother Dave. After a slight pause, she added, Don't you pray for me. last last sentence was certainly not spoken in jest. Sister Nell was going home, and she wasn't interested in an extension of her time here on earth. I told Nell I would pray for God's perfect will and would anoint her for departure. She told me she was awaiting her sister, who was flying in from Georgia, and after the visit, would be going home. While we were conversing, a nurse came into the room with Nell's medication, causing her to retort, "'What for? I'm going home!' Just before I left that afternoon, I asked my dying sister to do me a favor. Sister Nell, when you get to heaven and see Brother Asa, tell him that we love him and miss him every day, and tell the saints that Maranatha sends its greetings. In Jesus' name, we'll see them soon. Nell paused for several seconds and said simply, I'll do it. Hallelujah! I know the message was sent and confident it was received. A short time later, Nell's sister arrived. True to her, word. Shortly after the visit, Sister Nell went home. I'm going home, Brother Dave. There is scarcely a greater contrast between the born-again and the lost than the contrast discovered on the deathbed. You have heard some of the last words of the world's great of both camps. But how about some of the last words of Jesus Christ, the King of Glory, who hung a naked pauper upon Calvary's hill, Luke 23, 43, to the thief on the cross. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Luke 23, 34, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his garments and cast lots. Luke 23, 46, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and having said thus he gave up the ghost. John 19 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. What a contrast. What simplicity. Church history reports that the Roman Emperor Nero ordered the execution by decapitation of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had this to say in Second Timothy four six through eight. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Young brother Stephen is being stoned to death as a result of his defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ, under the condoning and watchful eye of one called Saul of Tarsus, Acts 7, 7 uh, verse 60 records brother Stephen's last words. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The Saul of Tarshish, who oversaw the death of brother Stephen, became the apostle Paul. End of quotes. Some of you visiting today have reached your last minutes on earth. Some of you have yet to be born again. You have not made your peace with God. Some of you are afraid, even though you have confessed Christ. You can change your entire fortune in mere moments. A visitor to God said, man said, asked whether an 86-year-old could be born again. And the answer is most certainly yes. Right now, click on the Further with Jesus. Follow the childlike instructions, and you will surely be saved. Jesus Christ, the Lord of Glory, the Champion of Golgotha, paid the ransom for your soul in full. Settle the issue now. You will rejoice. God said Genesis 6:11 through 17. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within, and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits." the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die." God said 1 Corinthians 15:54 through 57 So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory o death where is thy sting o grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to god which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God said, Hebrews chapter 11, 13 and 14. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Man said, God, Foolishness, there is no God. Now you have the record.